Good morning, Ascent Church. I'm Bill Stevens, one of the pastors, and I'm so glad to, to get to experience church together with you online. I'm going to start my sermon out here in the parking lot with my, with my lonely F-150 that's sitting out there. We miss you guys. We miss this parking lot being full. But we know this is a unique time. We know that this is, a, 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 in a lot of ways, a scary time. This is a time for all, where there's a lot of unpredictable that's happening. And I actually parked my car out here the other day, and I just thought, there's so much of what's happening in your guys' lives just in what surrounds us in the, in, right here in this area. I look over my shoulder at Safeway, our next-door neighbors. I went in there and talked to Kathy, the manager, and talked to her about what's going on and how her employees handling all of this and what's going on in the store. And she said, it's really hard. To, to keep food on the shelves because everyone's coming in to buy it. And that's what happens in these unpredictable times when fear starts to take over, we do what is natural to us. We turn inward and when we turn inward, what happens is we say, I gotta protect me and mine. And so the first thing we do is we say, how do I protect me and mine? And I gotta get to the store and get whatever I can. That has been a natural reaction for so many people. And that's what's happening right inside there. When I turn over my shoulder this direction, it's, it's small businesses all over the place. And I know tons of you guys are involved in small businesses, own small businesses. You're looking at hourly wages that are being cut back. Some of you are, have businesses where you're going, I have no margin. And what, what happens in those places where you're looking ahead at the unpredictable next few months, you're saying, I, what do I do? And so with the questions, what do I do? With the fear, what do I do? With the anger, what do I do? What do we do? Well, we keep looking around the rest of it, and I see the banks that are there, and that just reminds us of the Dow Jones that keeps falling, and you know what that means for many of us. You look this direction, and you see our schools, and you know what that has meant. Our kids are now at home. Now you've become a homeschool teacher, and we know the stress that comes with that. Around the corner from there is where we see our, our assisted living, where we see our elderly living, and the people in those places shouldn't be going to the to the places over here but how are they getting their groceries how are they getting their needs net met and so we want to we're recognizing all that and then if i just turn this direction and i see our church and i see what can we do to help but what do we also do with our own questions and our own fear we know that all that's happening to you is happening to us too and so what do we do with our fear? Man, it's all around us right now. Last week when I stood up during our vision time before Jim preached for us, I talked about a couple of passages of scripture. I said that we are, our, God hasn't given us a spirit of timidity or fear, but a spirit of love and of power and of, and of a strong mind. And he's given us that, but are we going to claim that? I've talked about, I talked about how Joshua was leading him into the promised land and be strong and courageous and don't be discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Are we going to claim that? See, what I want to talk about today is we have a moment of truth right now. We are in a moment, a moment of truth. And we can either choose our fear, our anger, the unknown, the angst that we carry, or we can choose truth. It's a moment of truth, a moment where our faith it becomes very real. Peter talks about this. P 
Peter speaks to the hardship that's happening. And today we're going to dig further into the letters that Peter wrote. And what does he say to us about what God wants for each one of us in this type of season right now? So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you a passage of scripture. I'd love for you guys to read that right now while I make my way to the stage. And when I get to the stage and you're done reading that, let's unpack this a little bit more because God's got something for us in the midst of all of our fear that's going on around us. you guys. I know that you're saying right now, you're just going, come on, Bill, why are you making me go through all that stuff, all that stress that you talked about outside? Why are you making me do that right now? This is my Sunday morning service. I don't want to have to be thinking about all that stuff. Well, look, here's what I'm doing. I'm doing no different than what God did to Joshua. I told you that passage, be strong and courageous. Here's how it starts. You know how Joshua, that book of Joshua in the Old Testament starts? It starts this way. God says this, hey, Joshua, Moses has died. Well, Joshua could easily go, come on, God, I already know that. He's the one that led us through the the desert. He's the one that went up on a mountain and talked to you in a burning bush. He's the one that parted the sea. We know that Moses is dead. You don't have to bring up what's already stressing us all out. But God in that moment is saying to, 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 to Joshua, he's going, Joshua, I'm just saying I know you. And I'm saying I know what's happened. Moses has died. And now what are we gonna do? What's the next step? That's what we want to do, you guys. We want to tell you that we hear you. We want to tell you that we know that we're here and you've, you've texted us, you've emailed us, we know your stories, and we want you to know that we hear your stories. Because see, here's what happens sometimes. When we're in isolation like this and you're filled with fear, if you don't have anybody to process that with, it falls to the ground and it grows up as even a stronger fear. And we want to make sure you know we hear you and we want to walk with you in it, okay? That's part of the reason why we're so excited about this series, Walk This Way. We're looking at First and Second Peter. It's so fitting what we're dealing with right now with this COVID-19 virus. It's fitting what we're, de- what we're dealing with. Here's what happened. See, Peter was living during the time of Jesus, was one of Jesus' closest friends, watched him live, watched him die, watched him rise from the grave and appear before a bunch of people. And, and, and then he ascended into heaven. And Jesus looked at Peter and said, I want you to be the rock. I want you to be the, to start my church. And, and, and so you, you do this, Peter. And so Peter did it started that early church and a bunch of young Christians, a young Jewish Christians would gather together. But here's what happened. Nero comes into, comes into the world as the emperor of the Roman Empire. And Nero looks at what's going on. He's going, man, I don't like these young Jewish Christians. And he goes after them and he's throwing them in prison. He's murdering them and it's scattering people everywhere. Man, people were going underground. The church went underground. And when it did, it separated out families and it separated out friends. Neighbors were dying. Friends were, were being thrown into prison. People were, in a, were going, when is this going to end? I'm living in fear. I don't know what's going to happen next. Does that sound familiar? 
Man, that's what Peter was writing to. He was writing to those people, and we can totally relate to that today. So here's what Peter does. Peter starts writing his letters to those scattered churches, and he starts with a foundation. He lays a foundation for them, and then he moves on to the next part. Now, if we're reading that, if we're reading 1 Peter right now, we're in the Bible, and we're reading the initial parts of what he's saying in his letter, and we're hearing that this has to do with us today and what's going on today, we flip the page. What do we want to see? What do we want to read next? What are we hoping Peter says that speaks directly to our life today? I think some of us, some of us look at that and what we are hoping that that Peter will say, we're hoping that he says, God is going to zap you from this problem. He's going to pick you up, rescue you from the problem, and it's all going to be fixed. God will fix it for you. He's going to rescue you. I think some of us are wanting to turn the page and read, Nero died in his sleep. The Roman soldiers took the the Jewish Christians back to their homes. They helped them to get back established again, and everything was back normal. I think some of us are really hoping that that's the case and that that's the way God's going to respond to us today. Anytime we're in any sort of hard stuff that we're going through, we're wanting God to zap us out of that, to rescue us from it. But that's not what he writes. I think some of us are are turning the page and we're hoping what it says is, I see you in your fear and I give you permission to hang out in your fear for a while. I think some of us are going, come on, God, just give me permission to be fear-filled. Give me permission to be angry. Give me permission to be frustrated. And God, right now, the last thing I need is for me to be thinking about my neighbor. I got no capacity for that right now. Right now, I'm in survival mode. Will you let me, at least for the next couple of months, be in full survival mode, maybe overcome by fear, but let me just sit in that for a while and not have to think of anything else. Maybe that's where some of you guys are are at and you're hoping that's what Peter's gonna say. But he doesn't say that either. See, I think that when Peter's writing this, he's thinking back. I think he's thinking back when, when he saw Jesus in that trial, when he saw him before Pontius Pilate, when he saw him getting beaten and the cat of nine tails across his back. And I think in those moments, Peter was, Peter, those guys had to have been thinking, God, save him from this right now, rescue him from this right now. But they didn't see God do that. But over, the, over time, they could see, but wait a minute. God's presence was there and his hand was, was, was there. God never left us in that, even though we couldn't see him. I think Peter might be looking back at the Garden of Gethsemane and in the garden when Jesus is even saying, God, take me from this. And God didn't. But those guys could see, wait a minute, but God was still at work. Even though we couldn't see it at the time, God was still at work and his mighty hand was still over us. And it actually drew us even closer to him. And over time, we drew even closer to him. And so Peter now is writing this stuff and he's going, look, I not only want you guys to survive what's happening right now, but I want to help you to draw closer to him. 
And so what he does, he first starts in, in, in 1 Peter chapter 1, and he starts laying that foundation. That's what we talked about in the very first week of this series. We talked about how he laid the foundation and said, God is here, and God will never leave you nor forsake you. And those are promises that you can claim. And he's saying, you might not see him, you might not, you might not see him now, but you're going to, man, and you're going to see that he is still right there with us. He lays that foundation right off the bat. And then he starts talking about a cornerstone. And he says, man, I'm going I'm, I'm to lay this cornerstone in this foundation. And that cornerstone is my son, Jesus. And if you align your life to him, you'll know he's there. And you'll want to be right there with him. So he starts talking about that. And he's building up their faith in the midst of the unknown and the fear and all that's going on. And then he starts even talking about that foundation and that cornerstone it cares for you. He's saying, man, cast all your anxieties, all that stuff that you're dealing with on him because he cares for you. Man, that's, he's setting it all up for these guys saying, I know, I know your position. I know what's going on in your life. I know how scary this is, but we have a foundation that will not be shaken. And we got to put your life on that foundation. And then he says, the next thing he says, you guys, this is, is, is so profound and it's actually counterintuitive. It's so counterintuitive that it's almost offensive what Peter says next. Because see, Peter knows something. His friend Paul also knows something. And Paul wrote about this. He says, you know, God doesn't give us a spirit of timidity or of fear. See, Peter and Paul, they both know that when Jesus died and rose from the grave, he left us his Holy Spirit. When he ascended to heaven, he left us his Holy Spirit. He has set up shop within us. And that spirit is not a spirit of fear or a spirit of timidity. G Peter knows that. He hasn't given us that. But instead, he's given us a spirit of love. And he's given us a spirit of power. And he's given us a spirit of a, of a strong mind and self-discipline to know this foundation and lean on this foundation. He's given us that spirit, and that's why he writes this next part that we had you guys read when I first came in here. He says, be agreeable. Be of one. That's the, a lot of translations say be of one mind. Be sympathetic. Be loving. Be compassionate. Be humble. Now, we might be going, now, come on, me right now in the midst of all that's, that, that, that's happening, one thing after another, daycare gets stopped, and now my kid, my kid is at home, and now school is stopped, my other kid's at home, and I'm about to lose my job, or my husband's at home too, and that's a whole new mess on its own. You know, we got all that stuff going on. Come on, you're asking me to do this stuff, and this is what he says. That goes for all of you. No exceptions. None. It's for all of us. And he says, bless. That's your job. In the midst of all of this stuff that's going on in our lives and the questions and the fear, bless. That's your job to bless. You'll be a blessing. And here's the most profound, weird part of it. You'll be a blessing and it's going to bless you. See, you're going to find that as you start to meet those needs and start looking at somebody else and what's going on there, some of that fear is going to start to drop. 
When you start meeting somebody else's need and you see the weight that they're carrying and you start helping them, the weight that you're carrying will start to drop. He knows this and he's speaking into that. Now you might go, come on, what am I going to do though about this fear that I've got? It's a paralyzing fear. It's a real fear. It just keeps on rolling and it's so hard for me to get past that fear. What do we do then? Well, this is where we go back to that Joshua passage. We go back to Joshua chapter 1 and we see that Joshua 1.9 passage. Be strong and courageous. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We go to that passage and I got to tell you something, you guys. I have been in ministry for, what, 26, 27 years. I've probably used that passage 200 times, and I have botched that passage. I didn't realize it. Here's what I thought was happening from that passage. I thought that Moses did die. Joshua sees all the Israelites, all the people that have been going through the desert. And now he's going, I got to deliver you into the promised land. And the promised land is going to be filled with all kinds of war and hard stuff. And the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Jebusites and all the other ites that are out there. I know there's unknown. I know this is going to be scary. And I'm going to lead you guys through it. Because, and I, here's what I want. Here's what I picture Joshua saying to them all, be strong and courageous. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Come on, let's go. Let's get into this promised land. See, I saw him as a cheerleader and one of the most courageous people in all of the Bible. And I've misread it. Look at what it says instead, you guys. It says, my, my servant Moses is dead. That's, and, and this is really important. We got to grab hold of who's talking right now. This is God talking. My servant Moses is dead. Now proceed, Joshua, to cross the Jordan, you and all this people, into a land that I'm giving to them, to the Israelites. God is talking. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. As I promised to Moses, as I walk with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. See, he wasn't talking to someone that was already strong and courageous. He was talking to a guy that was fear-filled. He was talking to a guy that's going, Moses has died. I don't have the chops to bring these people into the promised land. What are we going to do now? What are we going to do with this unknown? What am I going to do with this fear? And God is looking to him and he's saying, jo jo Joshua, be strong. Be courageous. I will not fail you nor forsake you. Then he goes on and he says it again. Only be strong and very courageous. Man, he says this so many times in, in, in Joshua. Only be strong and very courageous. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night. See, he's saying, man, I'm giving you the promises of who I am. I'm giving you those promises. And this is your moment to stand on those promises. This is your moment of truth. This is your moment to stand on the truth of who I am. Let your faith be played out in that truth and let's move forward. And then he says it again. And this is to Joshua 1.9 that so many people quote, I hereby command you. It's like a parent that's seen you know, as a parent. We say it 47 times before our kids really hear it. And, and God is a good, good parent. 
God is a God that's looking at his child and he's saying to Joshua, I know Moses has died. I know the challenge that's before you. I know the fear that you carry. And he's saying to him, be strong and be courageous, Joshua. Don't be frightened. Don't be dismayed. Some, some translations say, don't be discouraged. And he knows that Joshua might be discouraged because he's not strong enough. Because he's not courageous enough, he's, he, that he might be thinking, yes, this is, this is the, uh, you, uh, I am fearful because I don't have that faith. But he's going, man, be strong and courageous. Don't be discouraged or frightened or dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And it's because God knows I have given you a spirit. God, I've given you a spirit of love. I've given you a spirit of power. And I've given you a spirit of a strong mind. And you can do this. And I need you to do this because I need you to lead these people to the promised land. I need you to lead because this is truth that you're standing on that will not be shaken and it will not be shaken in their life either if they learn from you and how you lead them. So he's saying to us, lead people through all of this. Well, how do we do it? We go back to what Peter talked about. We go back to what we read. He says, I want you to be in one mind, one mind. And, and you guys, what that means is, is I want you all to remember this foundation. I want you to all to remember this cornerstone. Jackie has a core group, and I love her core group, my wife Jackie. She has a core group of, of women that, she, that they, they, they talk about such real stuff, and they bring all the real stuff to each other, and they've been texting each other this week, and they've been talking about some real hard things, financial loss and layoffs and all of it, and they're, so, they're worried and they're frustrated and they're talking to each other about it, and this is where Peter is saying, in this moment, come on, let us be of one mind. Remind each other, remind each other the foundation that God will never leave us nor forsake us and a God that is right there with us and a God that is faithful. Remind each other the foundation of the cornerstone of Jesus that we align our life to. Remind us to cast that anxiety on him because he cares for us. He's saying we're in one mind and remind each other. I'm not talking about just throw a passage of scripture at somebody. That can sometimes be fingernails on a chalkboard in the heart of your pain and your fear and your frustration. I'm saying, no, together, we got to remind each other the foundation that we stand on. And then from there, he says, be sympathetic, be loving, be compassionate. Man, those aren't words that are for people that are falling back in fear. And I just going to take care of myself. And can I just live in this fear for a while? God is saying, I see your fear. I see it, but I'm not going to let you stay in it because I want you to respond and be sympathetic and loving and compassionate to the people around you. And he's saying, he's saying the next, he says, be humble. 
Now, now, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about humble and humility. And I said, man, what that word, what it really means, is a, it's a servant that takes hold of an apron and puts it around him and says, I'm going to serve you. And so when we're talking about be humble, it's saying, man, I have to surrender my wants, all the wants that I've got in my life. I've got to surrender those at this point and say, I'm just going to do, I'm going to recognize God's mighty hand over us and I'm going to follow him and do what he wants us to do. And I have to surrender the I wants. And you guys, in the midst of all that's going on, going on with this virus, we have got so many complaints about our wants. We've got all kinds of wants. I want to go to prom. I want to go to graduation. I want the masters to not, be, not to be played in August. I want to meet with my friends. I want to go out for coffee. I want to work out. I want to take Jackie to the Buell Theater because I got her season tickets, and these were going to be really fun date nights. I want, I want, I want to go to the bathroom, and I have to ration out my toilet paper. I want some lettuce every once in a while and for the store to actually have that stocked. We have all kinds of I wants. I was watching John Oliver and he says, he said, you know what? We have so many complaints and so many I wants. He says, I'm going to give you 30 seconds. Just complain all you want. And then we got to move on. I watched that. and I thought that is so genius that I thought I want to do that in my sermon. So that's what we're going to do right now. I'm going to give you guys 30 seconds. We're going to start a clock. And in those 30 seconds, I want you to just lay out any want that you have. Throw them out there. And then we got to move on. So ready? One, two, three. Start complaining. Here's my want. Want. The Gonzaga Bulldogs are ranked number two in the country. They were going to be the number one seed in the West in their first two games in March Madness. We're going to be in Spokane. That's a home court game for them. They were going to have a bye to the Sweet 16, basically. And since there's no other team that's any good, you Kansas fans, Kansas stinks this year. Gonzaga was going to win the national championship this year. And, and now March Madness isn't even going to happen. I've been a Gonzaga fan since, since John Stockton was in high school. Now there's 30 seconds. I can't complain anymore, even though I want Gonzaga to win the national championship. It's not fair, but I can't complain anymore. Now, I wasn't even going to do that for this sermon because I also recognize there's some of you guys that have some serious wants. You want to get through this time without laying off some very close people in your life. You want to be able to pay rent next month. You want, to, you want your grandparents to get through this without dying. You want, you want to get married this summer and, and now it's canceled. Man, there's some very serious wants and I recognize that. But Peter says in this moment, none of us are exempt from what he's asking. None of us. He's saying it is our job. Bless. That is your job to bless. Well, how are we going to do that, you guys? How are we going to bless? When we're, when we're obeying social, social distancing, what are we going to do to bless? Well, there's all kinds of ways that we can bless, you guys, all kinds of ways. What we're trying to do right now is we're trying to, to put together some ways that you can bless as many people as you can, recognizing that we have to be careful while we do that. Uh, one of the ways that you can bless is, is you, can just, you can just reach out to anybody that's older. You have a grandparent, write them a letter. You know how much grandparents love letters? Write your grandparent a letter, okay? So some of you guys, when you shop, make sure you're saying hi to the, to, to the person that's the cashier. You think about their life right now and they're worried about are they gonna get coronavirus 
talk to them in a, st- in a place of isolation that we're all in right now. Talk to your grocer. When they, when there's, here's some things that we can do here in the church. We've lined up a bunch of stuff. You guys that are in a place of a, of a compromised health or you're, if you're elderly and you can't get to a grocery store, you can go online right now and push the button saying, I want someone to shop for groceries for me. And you guys that go shop for groceries, you can push the button saying, I want to help someone to shop for groceries. I want to shop for them. We can't pay for their groceries, but we'll work out the way you can do that and still keep social distancing. But would you guys help each other in this moment? There's uh, tons of other things that you can see. There's, uh, there's a button on our, on our website that says, here's other ways that you can help. Free and reduced lunch with BVSD. We're going we're to help them to, to be able to serve those, especially during this time where we don't know how long this is going to last with schools being out. Sister Carmen and Precious Child's shelves are empty. And we're, we have a way, there's a link on our website that you can go help with Sister Carmen and with Precious Child. Balfour is a senior living facility and we're trying to figure out ways that we can help them. Jim even reached out to a Vista hospital. And you know what you can do? You can write out a prayer and you can send that to Jim and he'll send it to the chaplain at a Vista and he'll pray over their staff with the prayer that you write out. That's just the beginning of the ways that we're going to help because we're going to bless because this is a moment of truth where we need to stand on the truth and the foundation and then respond to the need. And you guys, there's going to be moments within this that we're going to be afraid. There's moments that's in this that we're going to be discouraged and we need to hear a loving father's voice. Be strong. Be courageous. Do not be discouraged. Because I'm with you wherever you go. I've given you a spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind. This is our time, you guys. This is where we know where we stand. And so let's stand there, remind each other to stand on that foundation and then respond to the need. And when we do, something profound happens. They're blessed. And we're blessed. And fear might fall a little. And anger and frustration and the weight might drop a little. As we respond the way Peter's asking us to respond. And with that, not only could we survive, we might draw even closer to a God that's already there. Father, we pray that you would help us in this moment, this moment of truth, that we would stand on truth, remind us to stand on truth. God, meet us in our fear because our fear is real. Meet us in our anger and our frustration because our anger and frustration are real. But God, we're so thankful that while you have so much compassion for us in our fear, you tell us, I don't want you to stay in that fear because you've got something better for us. And I pray that we would lean on it, reach out, trust, trust that truth, And in this moment where we're standing on truth, God, help us to meet the needs that you want us to meet because you want us to lead. Give us courage and strength as we do that. It's in your name we pray, amen.